Welcome back to the 4A Podcast. Two days ago, you heard the NL East. Yesterday, you heard the NL Central. We're bringing you with the NL West today. You know, the NL West, interesting division. Dodgers set their own franchise record. Other teams participated. You know what? Let's break it down. How are we doing today, boys? Doing pretty good. You know, I'm rocking the Giants jersey again, not the Dodgers. Dodgers jersey? Tell me you have a Dodgers jersey. Oh, my God, Tom. You're finally learning how to root for a good team. No, no, no. Aiden, what you got to say on this? Uh, no, I think that um, the NL West was really active this season. Um, I'm really actually excited to talk about these Padres um, and to see what Bad's. Um, I know Bad's going to have a, about a two-and-a-half-hour rant on these uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Honestly, um, I, I wouldn't consider it two-and-a-half hours. It's like... I said so. I said so much, of us, so much of what my thoughts were in our postseason episodes. I was so disappointed in this team, but I said it felt like the 2019 team, and that's exactly what it proved to be. The story of the Dodgers season, 111 wins, and they couldn't win a damn ring. Welcome to the Los Angeles Dodgers, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to whoop your ass in the regular season, but the moment we get to the postseason... We look like the most vulnerable team in MLB history. Dave Roberts, he won't put the correct pitcher in. Our offense, it won't show up, and our starting pitching will be good. So this year, we had the best top of the lineup in MLB history with Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, and Freddie Freeman, and they were fantastic. It was so great, and then it just fell off so unbelievably fast. Like, Justin Turner was horrible to start the year, but then, you know what? He got better towards the end. Cody Bellinger is god-awful at hitting. Like, honestly, put me in there. I might be as productive. But he plays a good center field, and I'll give him that. Chris Taylor, when he came back from his injury, you could have given him an oar that covered the entire strike zone, and he still would have found a way to miss the damn baseball. It was so <laughs> unbelievably uncoordinated when it came to hitting a baseball at the end of the year that it was just a hole in the lineup every time he went up there. Gavin Lux was good in the first half, but he decided to get bad as soon as Justin Turner got good. And honestly, honestly, Max Muncy played okay baseball in the in the later half of the season, but he wasn't what he was last year, an MVP, an MVP candidate. You know, Will Smith is second best catcher in baseball, and he proved that once again. Austin Barnes had an okay year, and our pitching was really, really good until Dave Roberts actually had to manage in the postseason. You know, Tony Gonsolin, Julio Urias, and Tyler Anderson had their breakouts, and they were just reliable starters that could be counted on the entire year. Andrew Heaney didn't get to throw a lot, and when he did, he struck out a ton of people and let up a lot of home runs. But most importantly, King Kershaw's back. Like, the best pitcher of a generation was fantastic when he was healthy. But you know what? They needed that, and that's what he was. What do you guys, as individuals who don't look at the Dodgers as critically as I do. How do you guys feel about it? It's backwards. Um, uh. As a Giants fan, allow me to go second. Um, yeah. I just, I really, it doesn't get much better than this. It doesn't get better than this, you know, watching the Dodgers lose every season. Oh, from you your know? couch? Hey, what are you watching the World Series on this year? The couch. Huh? Actually, my chair. Boom. <laughs> hey, I want a chair. Hold on. Anyways, um, you know, in the preseason, I still put the Dodgers to to win and beat the all-time wins in a season record. I think I predicted them to have like 118 wins. 
and they were actually pretty close. This is this is a team that is a goldmine for offense and a goldmine for seemingly defense too. I think the pitching might have been a downgrade from previous seasons, but the offense has just been a, a slight downgrade. Um, there, there has been better pitching in previous seasons, at least more quantity. There, there's a lot more quality this season, but the quant like across the board, there was better pitchers in the past. But this Dodgers team. You know, if you can't beat them, just pay more money. That's what the Dodgers live by. And it's like, it's like, it's like Stevs in Call of Duty when he buys this twenty dollars skin and still has a negative KD ratio. You know, it's like you pay all this negative. money and you still and you still manage to lose in the division series. And it's, I I think that truly, I don't know. I don't know about this team. I they have. I can't say they just bought their whole team. They did, but they, they have a big core though. behind that. Okay. They have not explain to me. Old team of pieces of the team. They bought Freddie yes. Freeman. They bought Trey Turner. No, they, 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 they used Trey their own. Pro- they they used their own Trey prospects. And they traded it for Mookie Betts as well, and then extended Mookie, but they're not going to extend Trey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think they're, they're they're very good at developing pitching, and that's kind of what what what, what works with them. And they're good at developing. When you have a when you have a a GM and an owner that's willing to spend money. And also knows what he's doing at the same time. Off Washington National, you get you get the Dodgers. That that's what happens when you have a GM and an owner working at the same time to 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 bring victory back to, to your home, and not necessarily rings because that hasn't really worked very well. But regular season, that's exactly what you do, and it's still it is still an accomplishment to win your division every year. It's still a, an accomplishment to occasionally win the National League, you know, but. And I think that that looks good in the front office. I feel like the front office is satisfied with winning a lot and still not getting the ring. I don't know. I mean, what else would you guys say this team can do to win? You know, they have everything they need. Do you think they need a new manager? You think it's a new strategy? Yes. They have everything. Yeah, they need a new, new manager. manager. They need a new manager, but it's also like when you look at the Dodgers, they have stars, but they have consistent stars. They don't have stars who are going to – go out and put on these like ungodly like streaks like what the Phillies are doing right now they have people who have such high ceilings they might not be as good as a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman but when they're on they are so unbelievably good the Dodgers have been lacking that in every single postseason besides 2020 and I have my thoughts on the 2020 season like yes it may have been a shortened season but it also the postseason played like a regular season because you weren't taxing you weren't over 162 games already like the two teams that made the world series were the two best teams in baseball like you're still you're still sitting at you know they're playing the world series at like their 90th game of the season so obviously the best teams are going to the best at that point but when you're getting past 162 games it's just who's still fit like who's still able to play at this point And honestly, I think where the Dodgers really fall short is that so much of their team is built around veteran stars, not young stars. Um, uh, to Tom, your predictions, you had the Dodgers at 113 and 49. That was your, okay. That was your prediction. Um, but uh, the Dodgers, they're good round and round every season. It feels like it's the same thing over and over again. Dodgers are good. The Dodgers are the title contender. Brad's right. They do have like like when we were talking about MVP candidates, right? Freddie Freddie Freeman. I had 
very high because statistically he was an amazing player, but it's Freddie Freeman. He's amazing every year, right? Freddie was good. Trey's always good. Mookie's going to be always good. Cody Bellinger sucks. Justin Turner is good. Uh, Chris Taylor's good. Clayton Kershaw had an amazing or had a good season. He had a couple almost no hitters, stuff like that. Um, but again, it comes down to, and it's the same story every year. They can't play in the postseason. What's the issue? We've all nailed it down to it's Dave Roberts. He's the issue. You can't, you have so much talent at every single position, but you can't make it out of the first round and do it in 2019. You won it in 2020. You made a good run, or 2021, they were uh, they were in the, what did they do? They I lost they did. in six to the Braves in the CS. They lost in six to the Braves. Yeah. So, and then this year, you lose again in the first round. It, it, how do you, it's year after year, it's the same thing. And you still think Dave Roberts is the answer? It, it, there's no way Dave Roberts can be the answer. He is the issue. I, I want to throw a, you know, before I, you know, start talking about them, I want to throw like a comparison over to kind of another sport that kind of met, like, if you look at the Washington Capitals of hockey to them, both veteran teams, both decent regular, you know, like good regular seasons, can't do anything in the playoffs, kind of, you know, what do you got to do? In my opinion, the Dodgers have to get younger. They, you know, they got to get um those... You know, you have you have a really good farm system. You got to use it. Um, and let's, I mean, <clears throat> let's let's take a look. A, a couple of bright spots: Tyler Anderson, right, breakout year. Uh, Tony Gonsolin, amazing year. Um, you know, and injuries did hurt, right? I mean, did did I'm not, you know, huge, you know, like watch of the Dodgers. Bueller was out for a bit, right? So basically he started off the season and was horrible. His four seam was ineffective and it was revealed that he had a forearm issue. He was out for a couple months. He was supposed to be back in September, started getting loose again, and it was revealed he needed his second Tommy John surgery. Yeah. So Bueller injured Kershaw wasn't I mean he was iffy, right? In and out. Uh, not like not like injury wise, but like in and out of you know good bad good bad. No, um, he was no? fantastic. He was consistent. He pitched to like a mid twos ERA over 120 innings. Oh okay. Yeah, and he had one so, of the lowest expected ERAs in all of baseball. He had a 2.28 ERA over 126 innings? innings pitched. 126 in the third. So and you you talk about how. They need to replace these players with younger players, but who? I, they got you got Cartaya. Bobby Miller. You 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 can't replace Will Smith with Cartaya. You can't replace like Betts with Marge. You can't you can't replace those players. The it's Dodgers use their DH as a young spot as a rest spot. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, uh, why not? Why not? Put, why not put Cartaya there? Because huh? they use it as a rest spot because they're an older team. I mean, yeah, and- it, it, there will come a time where it's going to have to transfer over, kind of like the, the Guardians did, right? They have those older guys, but they also have those young pieces, right? But it's going to take time. You're not, it, 
odds are Trey Turner is not going to return to to the Dodgers this offseason. Um, Bellinger, does he have an opt out? I know he. There's a no. way he can't. So they have- basically, Bellinger has one more year where he's going to make about eighteen million in arbitration. But there's a chance the Dodgers could just not offer him a contract. So he could do that. They have guys like Chris Taylor, Justin Turner. I think he opted in already for the next season. It's a team option. Um, but whatever, they'll probably pick it up. Justin Turner is is a is a Dodger, um, and we're all through that, right? So it these Dodgers teams, Clayton Kershaw's a free agent this offseason. Who knows what he's gonna do? But it it's coming to the point where this Dodgers team is either gonna have to break up or and, and those young and, and Brad's looking at me, but like not break up, but like it's gonna come to a point where those older guys are gonna leave and the younger guys are gonna come up and fill in those spots because they have the farm system to do that. So where I like I like that the Dodgers have veterans. I think it's a really good thing to have. And going into the playoffs, you want veteran arms. You want like you want people with experience and who are stretched out. You're not really going to have that in like a Bobby Miller type arm in Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, who's going to be like throwing on borrowed time at that point. Like when they're getting in to the 180 innings for that season, it's not going to be as effective as the 90th inning they threw. Where I look to see that they need younger players is at third base. I think Justin Turner has had a fantastic career with the Dodgers, but it's time either where he takes a reserve role or we just let Miguel Miguel Vargas play there. I think Will Smith is still really young. Gavin Lux is really young. Freddie Freeman in his 30s, Betts just turned 30. Ballinger's still young, but he's horrible. Chris Taylor, 30. You know, we're like a median age of about 30. And so it would really be really nice to let James Outman, you, he came up for four games, but he was great. Like, let the kids play a little bit. Like, I would be okay with a 95-win Dodgers team next year if you let the kids play a little bit. Let's see what we have. Like, let's not buy a shortstop. Like, let's not spend $300 million on Dansby Swanson or Trey Turner. Like, let the kids play, see what we have, and honestly – if that doesn't ha- like if that doesn't work out, then we'll spend. Like the Dodgers can spend. And you know, you talked about that DH rule kind of being a I don't know what word you exactly use, like a kind of like a, a rest day kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't think yeah. What's what's his name? Um, Carty. I don't think he's particularly ready, right? He's still maybe a year away. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so year away. But why not when he comes up? Why not take away that rest, you know, day? Get, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get younger, slowly get younger. You know, I, I like the idea of getting rid of, you know, not maybe getting rid of, maybe just slowing down Justin Turner, uh, maybe splitting splitting times, uh, you know, splitting um days. Um uh, and then when, you know, Cartier gets up, you know, put him at I don't know, catch out and you know, alternate him and Will Smith at catch and DH, catch D H. Um, you know, if they need a rest, okay, well, then put, you know, what's his name, you know, then, you know, do your rest day thing. But I, I think, I think you're right. I think they have to get younger. I, I do think, you know, a way of doing that is third base. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it, manager is, is my, you know, big thing. Yeah. Like, I'm not disappointed of how the Dodgers played in the regular season. I'm just not surprised that they failed in the postseason. 
I think that the Dodgers way works. Like they spend $30 million on Freddie Freeman this offseason. But hey, we also acquired Trace Thompson, who put up a 901 OPS. And hey, Alex Vexia, our rookie reliever, was one of the best in baseball. And have you heard of Evan Phillips before? He just put up a 113 ERA. Like the Dodgers get the guys they need from unlikely places. They're going to continue to do that. It's just at some point, it has to be we're going to take a chance on an unestablished star. We're not going to go out and get Mookie Betts. We're not going to go inside Freddie Freeman. We're going to call up Miguel Vargas or let him play. We're going to give James Outman the chance of a lifetime. We're going to do something like that, and it's going to pay off, and it's going to I, show. Yeah, no, I think even if you even if you did take one of those chances and you did, you know, like you said, okay, let's not go out and sign Carlos Correa or someone. You know, let's use a house named. Um, minor league or, or a prospect or something like that, that's not going to ruin a season. Going from Trey Turner to a house named you know, prospect, a minor leaguer, is not going to get you from, what, 111 wins to 80-something wins you miss the playoffs? No, your team is still amazing. You're still going to make the playoffs if you make that switch. You're still going to do this or that. So why not, you know, like you said, take a house named player and go in. Um, but Grades. I would read grade this overall season of the Dodgers. Brad, a, do you wanna an A minus? An A minus? Yeah, I think I think an A or an A minus fits them pretty well. I think the only reason that they would get an A minus is because they didn't win the World Series. You know, I mean that's the only reason you could give it to them. But um yeah. Um I had them at a B plus. Um I think they did have an amazing season. Hundred whatever wins is just it, you can't even talk about how good that is as a season but again you play for the ring and they didn't play they didn't win the ring they didn't even get out of the first round you lose to a team you should not lose to the san diego Padres. you you, that's not a team you should lose to ever that not ever but like come on you you're this you're the los angeles dodgers you're, you've won all these games in the regular season. It's 162 win season. You went over 100 of them, and you can't get past the first round. They don't last long. <laughs> yeah. They don't last long. No, I, but you can't. I, I, you can't I, even... Oh, sorry. All right. Yeah. No. Um. I was I was actually ready to give them a B plus, but I'm gonna give them an A minus for one reason. First of all, that regular season. I mean, oh, yeah, amazing regular season is that. Uh, this might just be me. I think if they played anybody else but the Padres, they go to the CS, and then they have a little shot to go to the World Series. I just think that Padres team was perfectly suited for them. Big rivalry; they were ready for it. Again, they were also hot. But I just think if it was if you played the Phillies, might be a stretch. But yeah, I, if you played you know anybody else in that NL, Braves. They yeah, play I the Braves. You, you think they beat I think the if Braves? you played the Braves, I think they beat the Braves. I do. I think if they play the Phillies, I think I, I, I think they actually have a really good shot at winning that series too. I just think the Padres are just a real you know thing, and that's why I'm giving them a minus. I just like to throw out a little fun fact. Uh, this is the first year that the team that wins the World Series will not have defeated the Dodgers in the postseason. That is yeah. impressive. Hmm. Ever. Wow. Ever. <laughs> Ever. All the time. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Let's go on. Let's get to the next team already. The San Diego Padres. Had an amazing season. They had a great season. Compared to their expectations, they had they had a good season. They came in. Sandy or uh not Sandy. Uh Fernando Tatis Fernando Tatis Jr. was hurt. Didn't play. Looks like ringworm. Ringworm, yep. But um, they play through the season. They're looking good. Not anything special. Then the deadline rolls around. Washington Nationals come knocking at the door. Say, hey, do you want this this guy named Juan Soto? Oh, we'll also throw in Josh Bell if you give us Charlene Susana. But just give us a couple prospects, Luke Voigt, and, and, and we can make a deal here, right? Happens. Juan Soto's a, a, a San Diego Padre. Everyone's excited. Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, Manny Machado, a big three in San Diego. Couple days later, reports come out and an 80-game suspension for Fernando Tatis Jr., that's a big hit. Your star shortstop that you paid 13 years, PEDs, was apparently to treat ringworm or whatever. But you got to know what, as a professional athlete, you need to know what's coming into your body. Um, <laughs> God damn it. You, okay. Um, no <laughs> no no let me keep going let me keep going i need to keep going i was i was on a groove let me keep going i just i fucking said it and then brad made a face and then and then tom made a face and i couldn't i couldn't keep it together all right as a professional athlete you need to you need to know what's going on with your body what you're taking and and you can't let that happen but it happened tati's out for the rest of the season out for a large majority of the next season but they played through Soto Josh Bell didn't really play well um they also they also did trade for Josh Hader I forgot to mention that that was a big trade um he did have a rough start as well uh in San Diego but they make it in the playoffs as a wild card team they beat but then they beat the Mets um in the wild card come up face the Los Angeles Dodgers Everyone, Padres aren't going to make it past. I think a large majority of us didn't have the Padres beating the Dodgers. They did. Josh Hader looks great. All of that stuff come up. They lose to the Phillies in, in the uh, National League Championship Series. But overall, an amazing season for the Padres. What do you guys think about this? Uh, I think the Tatis thing, it sucked. But the emergence of Haseon Kim really made up for, like, not having a shortstop. Like, Hassan Kim, they, he came over last year. I think it was, like, a five-year, $25 million contract. He was really not that special last year. You know, Tatis is hurt for a lot, uh, for a while, comes back, and actually plays in the outfield, questionable as that is. And, you know, this year, he's out to be in the year. He had an accident on a motorcycle. And... Hasan Kim came comes in and plays actual like really good shortstop. He has an OPS plus over 100. He has fantastic defensive statistics. Uh, I don't think he ended up winning the Gold Glove today, but he was one of the yeah. finalists for it. And honestly, it brings into question whether when Tatis comes back, should he be the starting shortstop or not? Should Tatis go to the outfield? I think he should go to the outfield. Yeah. 
Uh, no, it definitely raises some questions. Um, you know, so I'll just give a really good recap of, you know, what um, was it called? Just of the whole season. He did not mention, though, one thing, the Josh Hader trade. And as you heard me talk about yesterday, I think that was the crucial fact in both of these guys' seasons of, you know, of both teams, I should say, of the Brewers, where it kind of made the Brewers fall off a cliff and where, you know, where it made the uh, um, Padres go up. Um, and I almost like that trade more than I like for this season, more than I like the Soto trade. Obviously, the intentions were, you know, oh, Soto's going to hit home runs, you know, Hater's going to save the games. He did. I mean, Hater obviously just looked better. He had an awful, an awful first stretch. Oh. Had an awful first stretch of the season or of the um after the deadline, um and then he came back, and has just gone crazy with the Padres, um, so I mean I I, I like that move the best, um, the the starting pitching the three headed monster of Musgrove Snarvish Snarvish yes Musgrove Snell and Darvish they all are really good like it was good and we saw how it could be effective in the postseason. Um, but something that was really concerning was that Mike Clevenger just wasn't it again. It's been three years straight. Well, one of them was, you know, Tommy John related. One of them was injury related, like where he skated around, couldn't really pitch in the postseason. And then this year he came back and he really wasn't good. And then another thing that you kind of have to look at is uh, going to that playoff run is they didn't use Josh Hader against the Phillies. And you got the guy to be in the big situation and he wasn't there. Yeah, which, you know, is uh, – we talked about this in the playoff podcast of, you know, should he have came in, should he have not come in, um, you know, this and that, and just all together in the big picture. The fact that you didn't use him once um, in the NL – you know, in the um, – what's it called? In the NLCS is a little um, crazy to me because of what you, you know, did. You know, you gave up you know, a decent amount for him. Um, yeah, I mean, Stevs, Josh Hader. I mean, yeah. simple as that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, well, we do have Tom back. Let's hear what he feels about the San Diego Padres this last season. First of all, never trust the portable charger. They don't work. They're actually, man, <laughs> there's no portable chargers. They don't actually work. It's okay. Um, but my opinion, I really, I can't, put the Padres as like this crazy season Let, let's just keep in mind I, and this is this is slight Tom bias but they won seven more games than the Giants and they bought Eight. everyone they won seven more games than the Giants Eight. it's not a drastic difference that we're talking here they, and I feel like I don't know if you guys missed if I missed this while I was gone for five seconds but you guys didn't even talk about Drury like Brennan I Drury, did not like, I, I couldn't remember his name that's why I didn't mention him I mean, he really, he really was one of the biggest pieces. And honestly, halfway through the year, I was just calling him the San Diego Manny Machado. It was like it was literally just him running the show for the most part. Um, I I feel like if you guys are gonna praise the Padres for their efforts, then I feel like up next you should not trash on the Giants as much because this team only won seven more games. Eight. Seven. Eight. Eight. No, it's seven. I'm pretty sure it I'm fact checking. But um I I don't I was a bit underwhelmed by how they how the uh trade pieces actually performed midway through the season. 
Uh, Bell disappeared. It was, in fact, eight, Tom. Uh, Bell disappeared. Soto seemed to disappear. Soto went, like, 0 for 52. Um, Drury remained pretty good, but Hayter, when he first got there, was horrible. I mean, he really started figuring it out at the end, but it, it's it's like the pieces that they traded for were not worth it at first. Um, and I guess it worked for them for one series, and that got them to the NLCS. I mean, that's for two series. <laughs> Real fast, Brad. I know you like the contract wizard too. Just Josh Bell is expiring, correct? Josh correct. Bell's expiring. Josh Bell's expiring. So they, so Drury staying. He's a free agent as well. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes. But Hater is not right. Hater. Correct. He has one more year. Hater one more year. And and Soto has two. And Soto has two. So I mean, Hater next year. Soto next year. Uh, this team is gonna be good, and obviously they're gonna do something pretty nice. They bring people back to this to that. I think they're a team to be reckoned with. Um, I know. <laughs> um, are we ready to do our grades for these uh, San Diego Padres? I would say so. All right, Stevs, you're ready. Go ahead. Uh, I had them at a B. They had a great season. I don't. I didn't expect that. I mean, I expected them to be in the playoff hunt, but I don't know if I had them in the playoffs necessarily. Um, so I gave them a B. They had a good season. I know I did that whole spiel. I was kind of in a groove there, but they had they had a good season. They made the trades. They they got the pieces they needed. Tom wants to talk about how they got all they went out and they got all these pieces. It's not like they went out and bought the team. They didn't. They traded away their assets. Traded away a bunch of 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 good assets and built a team that is going to be good for the next couple of years. Yeah, but Brad, it looked like you had. Um, I hate the Padres. I'm a Dodgers <laughs> fan. Like they're they're number twenty nine out of my top thirty favorite teams, and the thing is with them is that you spend so much money and build such a team, and you don't win ninety games. And uh, yeah, they did. Like their entire season is highlighted by the fact that they beat the Dodgers. So in their eyes, it was the perfect season. They made the playoffs. They knocked off the big, mighty Dodgers. But the season wasn't that impressive. Like at no point during the regular season, even going into the playoffs, even though the Dodgers lost, I wasn't scared that the Padres were good. I was scared that the Dodgers weren't going to be themselves. And that's what ended up happening. And that's why I got to give the Padres a B. Still an okay, like good wild card season. It's just not the best. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to give them, you know, I was here, there, here, there. I'm going to give them a B plus. Um, and obviously we mentioned this on the, obviously the playoff podcast. We have not mentioned once about them beating the Mets, that, you know, about the season preview. The, you got, we're just saying, oh, they beat the mighty Dodgers. They meet the, you know, they meet the, they beat the Dodgers. They beat the Mets too, who were looking really good. We all picked the Mets. A lot of people picked the Mets. So not only did they beat the Mets, they beat the Dodgers. They, yeah, they didn't do well against the Phillies, um, you know. But you know, um, the you know, I, you guys know I like to rate my seasons also off of what they kind of did for the um, about the future. They have Hater for next year. They have Soto for two more years. They have this. They have that. I, it's it's a B plus for me. I was I was borderline almost went an A minus, but the regular season didn't go, you know, as much. But Tom, you're great. Um, 
I gave him a B too. I mean, this this team, I I definitely liked the trade deadline acquisitions. I it was it was a lot of fun to watch. Like during that during that trade deadline, we were like we were all saying, "Oh my God, the Padres just got blank blank blank," and they really were buyers at the deadline. This is buying at the deadline, and you say buying the team and this trading, yes, but it's called buying at the deadline when you when you trade for players. Um, so it's it's, it, <laughs> um, I mean, the pieces started shining as the postseason approached, and that was a perfect time for all the cylinders to be firing. Um, it just wasn't enough for them. Uh, and I, I can't say that their regular season was, was above access. It was, it was, it was not, it wasn't crazy. And with the pieces that they acquired too, they should have been way above. Um, unfortunately I've been given the task to move us on to the next team in the NL West, which is, uh, San Francisco giants. Uh, I, I know, I know coming off of a, uh, a big season, everyone expected the Giants to be great. And it's kind of an anomaly what happened. Um, but then again, the entire 2021 season was an anomaly for the Giants. No one expected them to be that good. An 81 and 81 season is exactly what people expected us to do last season. And it is exactly what we surprised everyone with, I guess. So it, it's definitely interesting. And I guess we can all speculate here what – what went wrong um you know we didn't lose that many people it was just i i guess the pitching staff got worse the aging team we're, we're dealing with an aging team here um and i guess i i guess we talk about like like no hitters perfect games and all these perfect things i truly think that the 2021 giants had the perfect season they could not have won any more games they literally maximized a, f- a full season like that is reaching the maximum potential that's the ceiling um, you don't break an all-time record for a very historic franchise with a team like that. Um, and you look at the, you look at the Padres, look at the Dodgers. The Padres finished eight games. We just talked about that. Eight games above the Giants. But the difference in star power between those two teams is leagues different. I mean, you're talking Machado, Drury. Fuck, um, uh, we'll mute that out. But um, uh, Hader, Musgrove. I mean, this team is loaded with talent. The Giants are a platoon team. I mean, and they're very, they're very smart with it. Um, but it's just, it can't always work. You, you know, there's, there's extremes to this. There's teams that are all big names and then there's teams that are all little name, names, but it's, it's something that didn't work for us. And I think in a future video, we'll definitely talk about what the giants need to do in the off season. Um, but it's, it's definitely, a lack of star power at certain positions that we could fill up on. And I will say there were good seasons from several players on the Giants this season. I would say the pitching staff, I, I would say Logan Webb did great. Uh, Rodon pitched Rodon pitched to a Cy Young level. Um, but the bullpen was where we really disappeared. Um, it seems like that bullpen from the 2021 season disappeared. And we have the new name, Camilo Duvall, and – he will be electric in the future, but it seems like all the other names, Brevia, I mean, they're all names that are very forgettable because they're not star name players. This is the Giants we're talking about. These are all not really big name stars. Um, but, but I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what happened. This team kind of went from the perfect team to kind of a mediocre team. But I feel like a lot of people discredit 
and, and also make it seem worse than it is. The way people describe the Giants season to me makes it seem like we've lost 150 games. We lost 81 games. It was it was a, me, a mediocre season at best. Um, but I, I'm honestly curious what Brad has to say on this because he, he's a statistic man. I think that last year's Giants team was if you ran the simulation a thousand times, it was the 100th Wow, the hundredth percentile. I think this year is exactly what was supposed to happen. Last year, everything clicked. Like every best possibility happened. Like Buster Posey had like the like his best year since his MVP year. Brandon Crawford showed up. The bullpen was next man up. Like next man get the job done. Every starting pitcher gave a competitive outing, and it's just this year that didn't happen. Like you didn't have late night Lamont doing the same thing every night. He's like. Jock Peterson was great, but it's just he didn't have a supporting cast around him. Like you talk, Carlos Rodon was one of the best pitchers in the National League. He got a he got votes in our Cy Young voting. He's going to get votes in the real Cy Young voting. Logan Webb, uh, he was good. Like he was good, but I think we are all expecting a top five Cy Young breakout Logan Webb this year, and the Giants really could have used that. Um, and then uh, underrated acquisition the Giants had was Alex Cobb. Uh, you know, he was really good this year. He performed a lot better than the numbers show. And it's just that, you know, your people like Anthony DiSclefani, like he was so good last year and he was non-existent this year. Your Alex Wood wasn't great this year. And again, outside of Camilo Duvall, that bullpen was really just non-existent. At the end of the day, that's really what the Giants like pitfall was and the fact that they could still pull off 81 games was really impressive but i think so much of this season is just compared to what last season was and it just wasn't it like the fall off from posey to bart from brenda belt and brandon crawford last year to their injury plague seasons this year just everything like that it's difficult to say that the giant season was a success yeah yeah no and i think you know um brad once again you know said what i was gonna say Last season, like, it was, like, you kind of just, like, threw the box of, like, the puzzle box on the ground, and it all just clicked. It all just matched together, that you know? It all just happened. And you knew that wasn't going to happen, what's it called, you know? Like, can you say age got to them? I mean, I I think, you know, yeah, I feel like some of these guys – Crawford, um, Bell, you know, uh, some like they just they just got older, and it wasn't gonna happen again. My prediction was obviously wrong. I thought it was gonna not obviously that good of a season, but I thought they were gonna be at least better. Um, but they're an interesting team to watch out. Um, this off season, they're gonna be some big money spenders. Um, to try and get back into this. Um back into you know into playoff contention and um World Series contention next year and they will be big money spenders as we would talk about um in the off season look ahead. Yeah um, I was I was definitely we all kind of had our predictions. I think Aiden had them second in the West. I think Tom had them second in the West. Where was I where was I with them? I had them I had them second I think we all had them second in the West. We all expected them to be good, play well. Brad had them third. I'm, my apologies. But we all expected them to be a good team. And 
you, you have those aspirations of making the playoffs every year, right? And you had an amazing they they did they had an amazing season last year, but again, your goal is to make the playoffs. This Giants team they went out they signed experiences. They signed Rodon, they signed Jock Peterson, stuff like that, right? And Tom was talking about how everyone's acting like this was they lost 100 games. Anyone, anyone season after going to the playoffs last year and expecting to make the playoffs this year feels like a failure for this Giants team. And yes, I do believe age got to them, but I do believe, and there was two avenues they could have went down when the trade deadline approached and we talked about it. And it was either we could, they could trade, they could sell the deadline get pieces back and rebuild to kind of not, not necessarily rebuild, but retool, or they could keep the roster as is and try and sign big free agents this upcoming off season. And it looks like they went with the latter and it's just a gamble that they're going to have to hope pays off. Yeah. Tom, like I, I agree with you. Like this isn't the 100 loss giants. It's the 81 win, 81 loss Giants. It's just we all look at it through the lens of like what last year was, the 107 win Giants. So like I got to put them at a C plus. Like considering the decisions and the development of players they had this year, nothing really developed to the level. Like no younger players developed how they should looking at what the future should be. Yeah, and I always I always will back up Farhan Zahidi, our GM. He's an absolute mastermind. I mean, he he's the one who assembled this platoon squad. But I do think I do think that it's time to start spending. Um, I feel like as an organization, the Giants tried to maximize without spending as much money. But this is a big market team. This is a team that can afford to spend a little bit. Um and so that's why they're 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 your true uh, 2023 World Series champions, obviously. But um, that's for the next podcast. Uh, I had them at a C. I I, I will say yes. It's it's very disappointing. Um, I think it's just as simple as that. It's a disappointing season. Um, it was a disappointing season. I think we all can agree on that. Uh, even as a non-giant fan, I do think that it was a disappointing season. I'm a C plus. I teetered with a C C C plus. It was around that range, right? But there's just not – I don't really know if there's words to put. Like, it was, a dis, it was just a disappointing season. It was, through and through. Your, I think age got to a lot of their guys. It, there's just not much more I can really say on it. Man, uh, you know, like I've said on all, all of these, is I kind of rank it off of, you know, the future and – I personally don't know much about this Giants team. I, I don't even know if I watched one game if they weren't playing the Nationals or not. Um, so that, you know, a lot of questions. I'm going to give them a C plus just because I, if they don't spend money this offseason, I don't know where they go. Um, and this season was kind of, honestly a failure. Um, but it, it's not – I can't be mean enough to give them lower than a C plus. Um but, you know, me talking about them, I don't know what future they have. Let's go on to the next team. And the Arizona Diamondbacks. I would like to apologize. In a past in a past podcast, I did say, I don't know if they have a future. They should trade away this guy and this guy because I don't know if they're... No, that was probably one of my worst takes. They have a very good future. Um, 
the, the farm system amazing, especially with just getting, um, you know, just, just especially hitting. I mean, they hit amazingly in this past draft. Um, but let's let, let's bring it in. Um, Brad. So Diamondbacks. I never thought. I never thought I'd say this, but like. I got interested in Diamondbacks baseball this year. Like towards the end, I wanted to put on a Diamondbacks game and watch. Like Zach Allen was on that scoreless inning streak. Corbin Carroll came up and he was exciting. You know, the team was young and they were working through some things. But I think, you know, with the introduction of Brent Strom as their pitching coach and just the young kids being ready to come up, this Diamondbacks team was ready to show. And it might not be reflected in the record, but giving an idea of what we thought this team may be this year, the Diamondbacks put on a pretty good show for us this year. Like Zach Gallon is going to finish top five in the Cy Young voting. You know, he fills up the zone. He allowed just under six hits per nine innings. That's really impressive. Like that is something that is not common nowadays to just not let the ball get hit, but not allow hits as a starting pitcher. Yeah, this is, this is just a team that, I mean, I'm just looking up their names now. This is a team that I'm, like, starting to recognize more. Um, I think if I looked up the, the Marlins roster or, like, you know, like the Pirates roster, I wouldn't be as familiar with them. But I, I recognize a lot of names on this team. And just the young core that they have going forward is, is something that, I mean, is it something that to be scared of, like, the Diamondbacks running the NL West for the rest of the time? No, I don't think so. But – they, they look like they're building something. And I don't know – I mean, they had a great draft in the last year. Unfortunately, he got his shoulder hurt, but I, he'll be back. Um, Corbin Carroll, you got Jake McCarthy. Zach Allen, uh, Mad Bum, Giants legend. He's not good anymore, but he's a Giants legend for not going back to the Giants and so I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, you have a really young core here that looks very good. And, I mean, you even got like – did Mantiply pitch in the uh, All-Star game? Yes. Yeah, so I mean, there's just a lot of like a lot of new faces on this team and a lot of names that you're gonna have to get used to over the next couple of years because I honestly think that they're gonna be contending for not the NL West, but for a playoff spot in the next couple of years. Um personally, I don't know that I'm I'm not an Arizona Diamondbacks fan, right? I don't know that much about the Arizona Diamondbacks. But they're an interesting team to see. They are. They, I think we've all kind of said the same things, right? They have those pieces. They have Zach Gallon. They have Gattel Marte up right now. And then they do have guys like Corbin Carroll. And I'm looking through um, Blake Walston. He looks like he could be good. But the big name, obviously, is the guy they just drafted, Drew Jones, right? Um, he's going to be good. And that's the simplest way to put it i drew jones when he comes up to the mlb is gonna be a problem and we're gonna hate seeing his name for years to come um, yeah so yeah yeah no and i think that transition is actually perfect into my point is you know talking about these bad teams we didn't really talk about it with the nationals um but talk you know with these bad teams good picks good picks you know, that helps, you know, transition, you know, your team. The Diamondbacks, and, you know, we don't really talk about the draft. The draft was in the regular season. It happened in the regular season. 
the draft that the Diamondbacks had, my favorite draft of the MLB this year. Drew Jones, stud this year. Well, not this year, but, you know, he will be a stud. Sucks sucks that he had to have, you know, the sh- um, the shoulder surgery. Um, let's see, who else? You had um, Landon Sims at Mississippi State. As a college baseball fan, I like um, Sims. And last but not least, Ivan Melendez from Texas. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so I just, it's an amazing draft, which, you know, helps their future, this and that. It, it's it's going to be, it's good. I, I'm ex- they might become my new favorite team in the NL West and a top five favorite team in the league. Yeah, I think that the Diamondbacks, like they really have a promising future. Like on top of the Drew Jones pick in 2022, they also had Jordan Lawler in 2021, who's also going to be another guy who comes up and is really impactful. But like just looking at the breakout of players on this team this year, like Christian Walker emerged as a top five first baseman in the National League, at least for this year. Not maybe not like going into next year, but this year, that's definitely something that happened. And then there were concerns, honestly, that I think that they can address this offseason. The first of all was that Cattell Marte wasn't the bat that they needed him to be. His defense is already atrocious. So when he is a bad year offensively, his value is really, really low. And then their like main issue is there's no shortstop here. I think that's going to be addressed when the young talent comes up. But having Geraldo Perdomo as their starting shortstop with his 58 OPS plus, the bottom 2% of the league in WOBA, and he just graded out okay. Like he was 81 first percentile and outs above average, but that only accumulated to three outs above average. Like the Diamondbacks need to get some veterans, I think, this offseason to develop trade pieces, to get one or two more pieces that can be useful in their future. And I think they need to extend to Merrill Kelly. So like one or two more years, he just had his career year, 200 innings to a 337 ERA. If you can just have a guy that's doing that for a couple of years, that's going to be really beneficial to that franchise. And he's going to be super important for when the Dimebacks finally make the playoffs. And he's going to be that guy on the mound who Arizona is actually behind because they know him and he's been through some crap with them. So without further ado, I honestly think the Dimebacks deserved a good grade of a B. I don't know how you guys fall on that, but I really think this year contributed positively to their future. Yeah, I, I put them as B plus, which might even be more surprising than, than you. Um, I I went to a Diamondbacks game, I think three years ago. It, it sounded like a golf match. It, there was no fans there. It was the most boring game I've ever seen in my life. They They weren't a fun team to watch. And the way that they've built this team, at least coming up, um, I think they're going to have to replicate what the Braves are doing and starting to lock down the younger players. They locked down Cattell Martin today, but they're going to have to start locking down uh, the other big names on the team. Have they locked down Bean? I mean, have they locked down uh, Gallon yet? Uh, they have not. He honestly, yeah. like they should, but they have not. Yeah, they should really, they should really make that priority one before he continues to show that he's worth more money because. That's what the Braves are doing. The Braves aren't allowing Michael Harris to show why he's worth more money. They're just paying him straight up. So, and it's a boomer bust thing. But if you pay Zach Gallon the money that he needs, he won't think that he needs more money. You know, and and I, you need to keep you need to start paying these players soon. When you have a young core, and you don't pay that young core, 
they leave. Example, the Nationals. You need to pay these players before they become superstars, you know? And I think I think that Stevs' average Nats fan right now, you need to you need to pay the stars before they become stars. And I think that's the position that the, the Diamondbacks are in. And I think that they've given themselves a great position for the next for the next couple of years. I'm gonna give them a B minus. Um I, th- I, th- I thought this season brought them a lot of hope um, for the future. It kind of gave them, you know, signs of life. Like, hey, this rebuild's actually going somewhere. Um, these young players are actually what you guys thought they were. Um, and then the, the, the pitching was surprising. Uh, Zach Gallen, holy. I mean, Brad, you said it perfectly. That, I mean, they were, they were watchable for the first time in many years. Um so yeah, no, definitely a B minus. So, Steph? Um, I had him at a C plus. Um, Lemonbacks, I just, they're, yeah, they have a great upcoming future. You kind of want them to do, uh, be just, just, you just want them to be good. You want the Diamondbacks, to, yes, to do, do the thing, uh, as Brad mm-hmm. just said, um, but you you want you you want them to be good. You want every baseball team to be good. It's just better for the game when the game's competitive, right? If every team in the MLB was good constantly, the game would grow faster. But it's not possible, right? But the pieces they have will come, and they will be good <laughs> for for the foreseeable future. They finished the season seventy four and eighty eight. That's not terrible they were only seven games behind the giants that's not for a team so the giants were expected to be playoff contenders but the diamondbacks had no expectations there was zero expectation for the diamondbacks and you're eight games behind the the giants they're gonna be good i think sooner rather than later so again i had them at a c plus and still have a quick question for you just really quick and don't please don't interrupt but um are you are you rating these teams just based on their their record, or are you basing it based on what they're going for? Because clearly, at you know at the beginning of the season, the Diamondbacks aren't looking to be World Series champions. They're looking to build for upcoming seasons. So what what makes the success of a team in a regular season? Because for different teams, you have different goals. For the Nats, obviously, not going for the World Series. They're going for a rebuild. And by the end of the season, they were hoping to have a better team than they did at the beginning of the season. And you know, it, it's 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 a process of rebuilding. So I'm just curious why you gave the Diamondbacks like a C a C was it C plus? It was a C plus. Yeah. Um, I I mean, you, it's I judge it based off yes, what they're trying to do, what their future looks like, and what their record was, right? So I I don't think a C plus is a terrible grade. C's get degrees, stuff like that. Aiden, you're muted if you're trying. Yeah, to yeah. Thank you. No, no, no. A C plus. I mean. I give them a B minus. I mean, it's really it's, bang bang. Like it's right there. It, um, it, it, it's not like it was a C, like a C minus or a D. But but I I mean, we were we were moving we we're moving. Uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks are. It, it's what I'm trying to put in the words. Hold on. Because uh, like I, I just okay, I judge the teams based off what each what I how I perceive the team right the diamondbacks are a team that's looking to rebuild and you want them to be just that you want them to be good 
and yeah. they were okay, but they weren't anything special. So that's it's a C plus. It's a good grade, yeah. not anything yeah, I mean, special. I mean, yeah, the, the the Diamondbacks definitely are one of the more intriguing teams for me, and I think all this year just because it's a team we're not very familiar with yet. And I mean, unless you watched a lot of Rockies games this season, and Brad has disappeared. Yeah, um, on the Diamondbacks, Tom, not the Rockies. Did I? What I, did I say? Rockies. You said the Rockies. I did not. Okay. Um, this well, speaking me. of the Rockies, we're going to move on. The Rockies suck. That's pretty much all we got. Um, no, but the Rockies <laughs> went out. They made a big signing. Signed Chris Bryant. Only team I think that would have paid him that contract. But they went and signed him. He was hurt for the large majority of the season. When he played, he played okay. Not worth the contract, but okay. And other than that, there's not that many bright spots on the Rockies organization through and through. Like, the Diamondbacks didn't have that great of a season. At least they have young talent. I could not say that for the Diamondbacks. What do you or for the Rockies? What do you think about that, Brad? I have absolutely no clue what this franchise is. When I talk about analytics for a franchise, like they still, I don't think they have got the memo that the win doesn't matter yet. Like they're still, the Rockies have every pitcher throwing sinkers, bad sinkers on the low outside corner. They have the most unique playing arena in all of baseball. Like playing Colorado with that mile high elevation, it opens opportunity to learn about pitching in that environment. And they haven't done that. Like you can honestly bring in like a completely new perspective on developing pitches in altitude, seeing how you can make them break more or play better to a defense. And honestly, they haven't done that yet. They're among the worst three teams in terms of analytics. And the worst part is they refuse to enter a rebuild. And by doing this, they delay any prospect of them becoming a decent team anytime soon. Like, CJ Crone, their guy guy for the first half of the season, you know, he was their only everyday player with an OPS plus over 100. They didn't trade him. They didn't trade him. And they set out the trade deadline, actually. The only thing they did do is they extended Daniel Bard. That's it. Daniel Bard's a fine reliever, but what's his purpose there? What's he going to save? You know, like they're not going to win 70 games anytime soon with the lineup. I don't see this team having a future. And that's as far as it goes. You legitimately took my notes. You have to have access to my document. That is exactly what I said. That The first thing I wrote is, what is the direction? Where is the direction? What is happening in the front office? There has to be some random guy just like smacking his keyboard or something, making the decisions. You, you got some good draft picks. You got Zach Veen. That's it. I don't know who else is on that that that, that rocket. And you're right. They are. They refuse to go into a rebuild. This is this is the opposite of a rebuilding team, and they should have the goal of a rebuilding team. They should have the goal to start getting better. But this is an example of the other end of it. When you're talking about the Nats, they started the season bad and they wanted to rebuild and get better. And the opposite of that is is literally what the Rockies are doing. They, and it's just doing nothing. You're just letting them rot. And that's what happens when you have no talent on a team, even little talent. I mean, you have to be active at the deadline. And they really did not capitalize at all on that. And 
it's just disappointing to see the Rockies continue to do this. The, the Chris Bryant signing made no sense. No, nothing makes sense that they do. And I, I don't know. I, they have to fix the front office. There's no direction there. No, yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think, uh, we'll, like I said, we'll go more into this in you know future episode about the off season. Um, but you just you gotta sign these new one year, you know, pieces to they did. The get some. Well, I'm I'm saying, but like you gotta and you got then you got Chris Bryant. I mean, what you got? You guys were said it. What was the purpose? I mean, you can't. You physically cannot trade him. Nobody is going to take him. The contract's awful. I mean, hey, no, nobody's going to take them. So you got to consistently keep on going, setting these one, two-year deals. I know he said that they, I know they did. You got to keep on doing it and flipping. Do it, flip it, do it, flip it. Uh, you know, you had some people that they said, oh, they're going to trade, you know, they're going to trade um, at the trade time, and they didn't trade. I, they, I, they are a deer in headlights. I mean, they just don't know what to do. I wouldn't even consider that. Like a deer in headlights is something that's actually moving. They're not. Like if you're talking about this road to get to the other side where the other side is competition, they're like, they haven't got over the creek yet. They're like still trying to figure out how to drink water. Like this Rocky team is so unbelievably garbage. Like it's like, it's like letting my franchise team on LB the show just auto simulate for five years straight without doing anything and, it, and just watching what happens. Yeah, it's exactly it what well. it is. It never ends well. So, all right, so that's what you got for us. Um, so I was looking through, and so their top five prospects currently are Zach Veen, Esquiel Tovar, Adele Amador, Drew Romo, and Gabriel Hughes. Apologies if I messed up any of those names. But I look, and then I looked at the top one hundred. Uh, this is on uh, MLB, uh, MLB.com, and they have the twenty third. Uh, ranked prospect in Zach Veen, 27th in Ezekiel. Um, and then they have the 61st in Adele and 63rd in Drew Romo. So that's four top 100 prospects. So you can't say there's zero direction. It's just not a good direction. They have prospects that could possibly turn into something. They just need more. That's really it, right? Um, yeah, there doesn't make sense. They didn't trade CJ Crone. They extended the relief pitcher. They signed Chris Bryant, which I still think is a stupid signing. I said it then, I say it now. But there's not, it's not like somebody's mashing keys, like we're all saying. And I think we're hating on the Rockies too much. The Rockies are terrible through and through. I don't know how the Washington Nationals are worse than them. Somehow they are. Here's where we're at. The Rockies have something they have four top 100 prospects yeah but the reason the reason they win more games than the nationals is because they're refusing to go into a rebuild the nationals are not afraid of that they've proven that um they the 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 rockies have proven that they are very stubborn and that they don't want to go into a rebuild so they're holding on to whatever they have left and they're gonna they're gonna walk eventually uh, when they get the chance, but I mean, by the time by the time these prospects are up, Crone's probably going to be heading out soon. You know, it's like these these. This is an example of a bad rebuild. It's it's it looks prettier on paper because they have a better record than these teams that are selling, like the Reds and the Nationals. But there there is less hope for those teams. This this team may win more games every season, but 
you have to kind of suck to be good. Unless, unless you're like a team with a really big market, you kind of have to tank for a little bit to, to at least start to rebuild, but you can't, you can't do it the way that the Rockets are doing it. Um, those, those, so those five prospects, uh, Veen is ETA is 2023, Tovar 2023, uh, Amador 2025, Roma 2024, and Hughes is also 2025. Just to give just, you a little I don't, time. I don't know. Them. You ask about like the, the pieces that are necessary to turn things around in Colorado. I don't think it's two or three play. I think it's like, I think we need, I think that team needs like seven or eight like big players not like big name players but players that will make a difference and there are not many difference makers in colorado right now They're what if out- they got jared kelnick what if they tried and got jared kelnick i mean for what are you gonna like go that, what do you like CJ crone not even that like i wouldn't pay anything for jared kelnick like you pay like a minimal minimal like b-tier prospect for some guy who might actually thrive from hitting that environment i don't know it's just a thought off the top of my head I mean, at this point, you don't have a lead on much at, at the, as the Rockies. So, I mean, maybe betting on betting on field prospects or betting on, you know, very young people or, you know, people that haven't got a chance to prove themselves. Maybe maybe that's the way to go for them. But I I don't know if they're necessarily bad at developing talent in Colorado. They're just bad at getting the talent to develop. Yeah. Um, you know, something I think that will help um, is – you know the 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 in the in Colorado. You know they have the elevation. Um, you know, so you know they they have the home. You know, the place to hit home runs. We looked at the draft class. Um, for the bad teams. Um, and if we just take a look at these Rockies, they had technically two first round picks, a CBA pick, and then a second. So they had four picks in the top four rounds which that's the right direction you want to be in if you know if you're rebuilding i'm not a fan i'm i'm not saying i'm not a fan but i'm not a huge fan of gabriel hughes um stone thompson's all right um i love the jordan beck pick and the jackson cox pick those (laughs) those two picks are my favorite it, especially in the in the in the second and third rounds, I, I those you know those are just my you know my like I think those guys will be starters and and stars in the league. So just so it, it just you know it it, it depends. Um, let's transition this though into grades of the Rockies. Honestly, we might see our first F, possibly. Brad, you want to start us off? F. <laughs> there it is. That was quick. Wait, that was quick. Did you want to say anything else about F? <laughs> the team has no future. Like, I don't understand where this organization is going. They don't know where they're going. It literally, I believe, the former general manager got fired and they hired his son. And it really doesn't seem like the apple's fallen far from the tree. F. Steps. <laughs> Uh, uh, I had him at a D minus right there with the the Nationals. I did. Um, what? 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 Okay. There's please. no direction. Hey, Steps. Yes. Please let me hop in here. Uh, no. Allow me. This is a podcast. No. So I, have to keep it I was talking. Formal. I was talking. Okay. I will take over the next. 
Okay. Go ahead. So, no, I had them. I had them right there. I had a D minus right with over the Nationals. I I just I, there's probably more bias when I was talking about the Nationals. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, but for what the Nats had, they had a generational talent, right? Rockies just have no direction at all. That's that's the that's where the difference lies between the two of them. I step respectfully, um, Tom. What's your grade? B plus. Um, I gave them a, a F for no future. Tom, that's backwards. Um, I wrote it backwards read. on purpose so you guys could read it. Is it really not backwards? <laughs> no, the camera's reading. The camera's straight. The camera no. reads correctly. Read. You see Aiden's thing in the background being nice. You see your shirt reads correctly, and you write the card backwards. Usually it's not like that. So I I put so much effort into this. I, I don't usually write backwards, obviously. So this is hard for me. And I wrote this for you guys. I gave them a backwards F. That's right. That's worse than an F. I give the Rockies a backwards F. Um because of how bad a season it was. Steph was also about to hit you with like a John Cena elbow jump from the top row thing after that take. I how did, no, you say no, that? no, I just cannot give the Nationals. A higher grade at all. I can't. I can't no, no, do no. it. As a Nats fan, I cannot do it. But so I, and I can't. That... I'm not going to give the Rockies an F because I can see a direction where they can get out of it. You guys are they're terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. They have Chris Bryant, who maybe can play well. They have CJ Crone, who they didn't decide to trade. They have relief pitching. They, there's pieces that they have these guys. That are, there's four top 100 prospects. They're not top 100 for zero reason. There is a way. There's a way, not a good way, not a fast way. There's a way the Rockies can be somewhat competitive within the next 25 years, okay? <laughs> um, no. I mean, if, if it's in the next 25 <laughs> yes. years. Um, no, but I mean, within I, the I, next 10 years. I can see it. I, could, I can see it. I can see it with the Nationals, too. Nationals are a little shorter of a timetable, but it's possible. Not I, likely, but well, I can see it. Well, then no, I'm, I'm I, I think that the, oh, I think that the Rockies have a good chance of making the playoffs for the 20, 2045 season. Um, give them give them a couple decades maybe, and they might have figured it out by then. But Stevs and Brad to talk about the whole they don't have talent to develop is that they could be using the players that they have on the team to to pick up more assets, to, to, to develop, you know, you have CJ Crone, but only for how long you could get some pieces back for him, trade him to a contender and you could get a bunch of players to develop. I mean, they're not horrible at developing talent once they get it, but it's just, you know, it, I don't know. And the Nats are going to be better in five years than the Rockies. And Stavis, I, will I, disagree. Give you $10. I don't disagree with that, but we're grading uh, this $10. season. We are grading this season. We're not grading the future. We're grading right now. Well, for what it, for what it's worth, I think the development of teams in a season, the Rockies weren't playing to win the World Series. They just Other made the Nationals. winning the World Series worse for the next couple of years. What the Nats did is they weren't planning to win the World Series either, but they made their chances better for the next couple of years. And I know trading away generational talents is bad, but just like everything else with the Nats, we didn't lock them down early enough. So it's just not how it's – Oh no! I, yeah, sorry. Whenever I say we, it, it, it gets the Nationals fans angry. Um, they didn't lock him down early enough. If they had locked Soto down within the first two years, I think he would be on a twelve-year contract. Like he would be there. And it's because we—it's because the Nats don't lock down players early enough—is why we see things 
My Grizzle is um, a terrible GM. Let's get to Aiden's grid. I like that as well. Thank you, Stevs. Um, so 10 <laughs> minutes later, after everybody's given their pick, uh, I will give my pick. Uh, I am <laughs> on the fence between an F and a D minus. The only reason I'm giving a D minus is because of now, will they be able to do anything with these guys? Like Sam said, I'd like to see the future. They have some trade pieces that they can trade away. Maybe in the offseason, you have to you have to embrace the rebuild. I don't think they will, but they have to. Um, Daniel Bard. Um, Kyle Freeland. Um, oh, Brad. <laughs> um, guys like that. So it is a D minus. I think we have two Fs, two D minuses. That that wraps up the NL West. Thank you all for listening to the 4A podcast. The National League, you know, it was so up and down. Thank you for joining us over the past three days. And we'll be here over the next couple of days, bringing you the American League. Thank you all. Peace.